Blog Talk Radio. Takeover in your house 2021. Last Sunday, actually this past Sunday, well, you know, it was a Sunday that featured two pre-matches and three main matches. So let's get this party started, shall we? So the beginnings featured. MSK and Bronson Reed versus can I get my notes? Cool, thank you. Awesome. So let's start off tonight. Six man tag, winner take all, North American Championship on the line and also the NXT Tag Team Championships, MSK versus the Gattle del Fantasma. The match was very back and forth. A lot of flippy, flippy shit. We got Odell Fantasma. Got, well, basically Santos Escobar got crunched into the barricade again. And there was a lot of near falls. I mean, like I said, it was very back and forth. A lot of flippy, flippy shit. But in the end, Bronson Reed does things that most big men are not supposed to do. He hits a splash one Two, three. All the titles that are retained, the North American and the Tag Team Championships. And then you see next up on the agenda, Zia Lee versus Mercedes Martinez. A rematch from the May Young Classic four years ago. This time a different result. <clears throat> Zia Lee ended up winning the match. And afterwards, a little tiny short thing, May Ying. I sorry. But if that thing came after me and I was Mercedes Martinez's height, I would not be afraid of this short, tiny, little, creepy Asian woman, right? I would not. That's just my personal take on it. So it's kind of like Mortal Kombat, really, the, the feel of Xylee's entrance. And um, afterwards, like I said, Mei Ying gave the Tongan death grip. 
two Mercedes Martinez and threw her off the stage, and that was that. So then we fast forward into the third match of the night, the million-dollar title match, Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight. The winner takes home the million-dollar title belt. And you saw promos beforehand with L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes saying why they would be the best choice and also showing why they would be the best choice. One was, you know, clear-cut evidence, man, why L.A. Knight would be the damn choice for that title. And by best damn choice, I mean, he showed a, showed a really fancy car, he showed the pretty girls, he... It's like, you know, why not choose, okay, LA Knight, that is, as your choice. I'm sorry, I'm getting messages uh, from a good friend, but let me get back to it. So Cameron Grimes then shows him choking on a cigar and saying he's going to take things to the moon. But let's fast forward to the match, shall we? So Ted DiBiase is shown in the ring. A red velvet case with the championship in hand. So we see the championship get raised above. And we see the two men come out, L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes. Let me tell you something. These two men are something special because this title was supposedly reported as not being special by other dirt sheets and by other mainstream medias, you know, through Instagram, Twitter, Cage side C report, you name it. They were saying that this title was not as important as the North American title match, or it was not as important as the NXT, you know, championship. So I mean, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, my hats off to you two guys because you know I've been through that mess before. Oh, it's not that important, you know. Here's what I gotta say. The entire duration of this match was important because it's one of the best matches of the whole night. It was one of the highlights, actually. I mean, outside the NXT Championship, the NXT Women's Championship, so what if it was, you know, a semi-stepping stone towards those matches? It was a damn good match. Cameron Grimes, from the top of one of the posts, does a dive, and, you know, for what it's worth, he may not have won, the million dollar belt, but I think that it was fitting that LA Knight in turn, you know, ended up winning the championship because he fit the description of what or what a million dollar champion looks like. I don't know. That's my assessment entirely of that match. It was great from top to bottom. I think those two gentlemen stole the show, kind of like, maybe not the level of Savage Steamboat, but they... Well, they basically had – let me rephrase that since I got interrupted by a phone call. They basically had a 10-star match. And thank you, Cameron Grimes. Thank you, L.A. Knight, because if it wasn't for you two, I probably would not have turned on TakeOver in your house. With all of the stuff that was being advertised and stuff. And Anyways, so moving forward, let's see. Next, after the L.A. Knight, oh, my goodness. So, it was the women's championship match. 
Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Ember Moon, who was a former NXT Women's Champion. I mean, she had a lot going into this match. And if I'm being honest with you, I don't think it was a terrible match. I just think there were some things that needed to be worked upon. Not by both, by one. So, to be honest with you, it was a good back and forth. Had decent amount of heat. It had a decent amount of heat. You know, uh, let's see here. Dakota Kai put Raquel Gonzalez's leg on the rope after the eclipse from the top. And then after that, you see Shotzi Blackheart come out and start, you know, trying to even the odds with Dakota Kai, but it was just too much uh, for Ember Moon to overcome because, let's face it, you can't you can't beat someone who's like twice your size, and not to say that Ember hasn't overcome enough odds, but here's what I'm going to tell you. There will be a definite, I don't know when, I don't know which takeover it will be, but you will probably most likely see Ember versus Raquel in the near future. What what am I referring to when something may be worked upon? When you're in a big main event type style match, like even if it's just the women's championship match, which has held prestige, which has held honor, which has held a lot of meaning to it, despite people's, some people's popular contrary to belief that the Women's Championship has kind of dissipated ever since certain people's disapproval or disagreement with that statement. Let me explain something to you. This match with Kel Gonzalez and Ramon if I'm going to look back on it, the only thing I would say that needed to be worked upon was selling big moves. It's a big deal when you get a stunner from the top rope. But it's another thing to get thrown into a table or thrown into a barricade and get right back up off an adrenaline rush. So my only nitpick would be to Raquel Gonzalez when someone gives you a huge move, just like get up like Superwoman, I I would think that that would be a slap in the face to the competitor that's across from you. And some may disagree and say, well, that's modern-day wrestling. I will move forward with that and basically explain that, you know, well, the match coming up was um, either one <laughs> – there's too much going on, and two, so many momentum shifts that's expected in this match with how much talent was in the ring and how many names have held that championship, including Karrion Cross. So, main event, ladies and germs. <clears throat> wow. This match featured... Aaron Cross, obviously, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunn, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. So, one, two, three. Oh, and Pete Dunn. 
One, Karen Cross. Two, Kyle O'Reilly. Three, Pete Dunn. Four, Johnny Gargano. And five, Adam Cole, baby. I must tell you that when the beginning of this match, they should or should not have started off beating on each other. Because isn't your main objective to go after Karrion Cross, then conquer and divide? But I just felt like the overall pace was just too much in some areas of the match. And I feel like it could have been divided equally when it came to distributing the fucking chaos that ensued during that match. Is there a way to contain it? I don't know. Because most NXT matches that I've witnessed from championship matches at TakeOvers in Brooklyn, from TakeOvers in Houston that I've been to live and in person, even one-on-one matches had more style and grace and more of like a a steady, steady fucking pace, man, because this one, when you include five people, the caliber of Adam Cole, the the talent level of Kyle O'Reilly, and the intensity of Pete Dunne, or, you know, the monstrosity that is, you know, carrying cross from the beginning of their entrances to like the beginning of the match. It was just you just felt that level of intensity, but for me it was more you felt the level of okay, which dude is in control in this match? That's, you know, part of the problem is I and others, I know that Pizza Simpson and I discussed this. We have what we call ADHD, so for us to pay attention, you must get to the fucking point. In a main event, you want it to be a crescendo. You want it to start from the very beginning. You don't want to show all your cards in one hand. You want to save it for the very fucking end. Otherwise, You know, your your main event is just going to look like complete what it did, you know, for TakeOver in your house. So, this match, you know, I said it wasn't bad up until the very end. And it just, it irked me because what I saw and what others may have seen was, it was Kylo Riley, it was Adam Cole, who got whisked out of the match, and that's fine. I get it. You know, he dominated the title matches for about almost two and a half, three years, and he, you know, he was taken out of the match, and that's fine. But what I and others saw probably is going to differ when it comes to perception what you know transpired in the final minutes in the main event at NXT TakeOver in your house 2021. It just seemed like bang, 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 and then at the end, you know, Karrion Cross is on top of Kyle O'Reilly and he's he's fading, he's fading, okay, his arm goes down and bam. That's the end of the match. It just looked like complete shit. In my opinion. If if it were up to me or if it was up to certain other folk, maybe the finish could have been done a little better. The match was fine. 
it just some of it was too much to cram into my noggin and put notes down on a piece of paper or in my phone and go, okay, this is what I'm going to say on air. I mean, there's too many waterfall fucking sequences. There's moments in which, you know, okay, I don't mind Pete Dunne doing the limb splitting thing with the fingers, the joint manipulation that he does. I didn't mind Gargano trying to do the double dark, or double Gargano stretch. I also didn't mind, well, Adam Cole, you know, doing the Panama Sunrise and getting a near fall. I don't mind certain things. It's just when you've got a waterfall sequence going on, it's like, okay. And then you have another one go through and another one go through. There's probably, if I could count on hand, looking back and watching that match, I wish that I could have seen more four-on-one attacks on carrying cars just at random. So basically, overall, my overall assessment on In Your House or TakeOver In Your House, um, on one aspect in the women's match, the selling could have been better. Two, in the men's match, in the main event, I feel like it could have been done a lot better. I feel like it could have made for a lot better TV if or better viewing if, you know, it could have been placed better and the timing could have been a lot better in certain instances. These guys are at the pro level, and I'm not saying they're bad workers. They're bad, sorry, bad wrestlers. Let me rephrase that. <clears throat> I'm just saying if we're going to do a main event with five five guys that are at the absolute level, you know, some people will not know who these cats are if you say, hey, do you know Adam Cole is? Do you know who Kyle O'Reilly is? No. Well, did you watch wrestling? When did you watch wrestling? Oh man, back when uh, it was The Rock or Stone Cold or Brett the Hitman Hard or, you know. Or certain people go all the way back to the fucking rock and roll era. Sorry, I'm going off tangent here, but that's how In Your House made me feel was, okay, am I going to remember this? Am I going to relish in the moment? Is it going to be one of them takeovers that I'll never forget and etch in my mind as a part of great professional wrestling history? Mm. That reaction says it all. I, I wish it could have been better. That's the summary. So, going over NXT, you know, the night after, the follow-up night, I catch on my attention the last, like, 35, 40 minutes of it. And... Oh my goodness, NXT UK. Wow, holy crap on a cracker. I just got one of them too, but I will go over them on a different day. So NXT, the next day after NXT TakeOver In Your House. Let's go over that one, shall we? It did feature the return of Samoa Joe, and it did show Joe choking out Adam Cole. So...
Okay. I agree wholeheartedly, dude, that NXT could be better. And that, you know, with in saying that, all I can tell you is it's up to whomever's in charge. And I don't control the booking because the booking to me looked like it was not good, not bad, not. It was just somewhere in the middle. Let's just leave it at that. Okay? All right. So, reading from the results, because I did catch someone of it, some parts of it went by like a blur. So. <clears throat> It says it was a resounding success, according to SportsKita.com. <clears throat> well, let's just uh, take a look, shall we? And dawdle. I don't need to dawdle. No, I mean, I'm being serious. Um, no. Yes. Like I said, I would go over NXT UK on a different day. It's been so long since I have um, spoken of Flash Morgan Webster and people like Piper Niven and you know, so on and so forth. So, okay. Yes, I'm well aware of the main event with the Grizzled Young Veterans and Tommaso Ciampa. And Timothy Thatcher. Mikel Gonzalez and Dakota Kyra in tag team action against Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. And then William Regal basically had said during the show he's going to, he called him in his first day to take over event, blah, blah, blah. He shed some tears. Regal said any moment not spent with his family was used to make NXT the place wrestlers would want to be. Regal said he'd given the NXT fans everything he could give them. Simply as William Regal didn't feel he could give the faithful followers what they deserved. So, before he could finish, he's interrupted by none other than Karrion Cross and Scarlet. Okay. And, um, let's see here. Mojo returned to NXT. Wow. At this point, Samojo appeared across the day he'd seen a ghost as Joe. Yeah, it did look like in the ring that Samojo instills fear in a lot of folks. So NXT deserved a general manager that could hold the position and demand the respect of the roster. So he offered the job to Joe. However, the former NXT champion declined, stating that Regal done a fantastic job running this event. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Regal liked the idea. There are some stipulations, okay? So, international phenomenon. I don't need to see here. Joe, he, so the stipulations are Joe cannot compete. Joe cannot lay his hands on the competitor unless provoked. That line put a look of fear on blah, blah, blah. So, I put a look of fear on it. So, they're stealing the line from the 2000. Or 2004 with Eric Bischoff Saying that Stone Cold Steve Austin Could be in charge But he could not Touch talent unless He was physically provoked I get it you know It's a fair comparison because it's the same shit So then Cross Basically you know left with the fans Chanting 
Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. All right. With that being, let's see. The chaos comes to an end. I don't think the chaos is going to ever come to an end when it comes to NXT. Um, Grizzled Young Veterans were set up for a tag team tornado match, which is, you know, I do have some insight on that. I'm not going to hold back, especially seeing as how I have a lot of time to review it. So, then you see Imperium versus Tyler Breeze and, you know, Bandango. So, Brizongo beats Imperium by a pinfall. So, Breeze countered a suplex into an inside cradle for a surprise victory. So, that's a pretty cool counter. I don't think I would give that match a B, but uh-oh. So, let's see, Marcel Bartelto, it says they got their uh, minor revenge. Samojo, you know, backstage, I left some notes on this one. Let's see here. Means presence felt in breaking up the ball between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Shojo was a poor decision. It's a small submission machine. Quickly put him to sleep. Coquina clutch. So... The stipulation was, as I just read, you know, sent that through there. Basically saying. Cole shoved Samoa Joe. That's not a wise decision to begin with. And two. I wouldn't shove Samoa Joe with my life on the line, man. Even with my life intact. That's something, that's someone, that's something that you don't do to a certain someone. Especially if the guy has experience in choking how many people out from the beginning of when NXT was first conceived. No thank you. No fucking thank you. So, anyways, he hit him with a coquina clutch. And then Regal said, we get a no-holds-barred match between Cole and O'Reilly at Great American Bash, which I guess is the next NXT event, right? However, next week you'll see them. Uh, come on, don't do this. So, next week. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, so next week at the Bash, it's going to be a no holds barred. I can only imagine what those two are going to do to each other. They went through the great the last time they faced off on an NXT live event. <clears throat> NXT North American Ten Tag Team Champions were just out of reach when we got our Fantasma. So, let's see here. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship Open Challenge, Kushida. Hope to highlight the division, it says. His opponent tonight, Trey Baxter, formerly known as Blake Christian, and Baxter is Kushida's number, Irvin Hong. Trey managed to stay ahead of Kushida with some blinding speed and rocked the champ with a springboard clothesline. So, okay, Kyle O'Reilly scouting for an opponent came out to check on Kushida. 
Oh, yeah, they were told they were supposed to pick an opponent by its general manager for them to face, right? Kushida began to work over his opponent's left arm. Kushida beat Trey Baxter via submission. Tyler Wright stepped in the ring after the match and challenged Kushida. Oh, and that'll be next week. Frankie Monet was seen trying to recruit Jesse Camilla and Aaliyah, stating that they were... He stopped listening to Robert Stone. They seem to be in the media behind her own muscle going forward. Okay. So it says Mercedes Martinez is not done with TM Shia. That's her name. Okay, sorry. And then it's the takeover. So they showed uh, Mercedes Martinez and Zia Lee. As far as Mayin, she oh, Mayin. I got it right. I got it right. She wouldn't get a chance to attack Mercedes the next time they saw each other. Okay, cool. Then, this is my favorite moment of this show, Ted DiBiase and his security came out to the ring ready to present LA Knight with the Million Dollar Championship. Knight wanted to talk to DiBiase, letting him know that he was one of his heroes growing up. Okay. Uh, continue to praise him. That expresses gratitude and appreciation for DiBiase. Gideasi was ecstatic to hand his legacy to someone like Knight and placed the gold on his shoulder. Okay. Oh, does the Tyro not have something else to say? Now that I got everything that I want, it's time to drop what I don't need. Uh oh. Knight attacked Gideasi and his security, stomping out the legends. What? That doesn't make any sense. Cameron Grimes made the save and lost Knight to the floor before checking his hero. NXT parking lot is dangerous. Yes, it is. <clears throat> so, okay, Gonzalez and Kai aim to be two-time NXT Women Tag Team Champions. All right. So prior to that match... With Caden, with Caden Carter and Casey Gonzaro. Yeah, these two women, they're no stranger to fucking chaos, guys, because from what I saw, from what you guys saw, this is where I turned it on. So I saw a separation between Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Ember Moon, and Shotzi Blackheart. I have a feeling we're going to find ourselves seeing a triple threat match, possibly, or a fatal four-way for the... NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Alright, Gonzalez is in serious trouble. I mean, this match was very cool. It wasn't terrible. Um, just had a lot of uh, near falls, but then at the end, you know, they tell Gonzalez ended up being the X Factor, and then Dakota Kai beat Casey Gonzalez beat Pinfall. Um, let's see what else. Okay, so Eosurai is trying to speak to the NXT universe, and then she's interrupted by Candice, and then Indy comes from behind. Bam! Hits Eosurai right back. And then Zoe Stark came to the aid of Eosurai, and that was that. And all is right with the world, right? Right, right, right. So... Gargano and Austin Theory. 
You see them, right? They were trying to kiss ass with Samoa Joe in the back. Didn't quite work. Samoa Joe said, you know what, Johnny? Can you do me a favor? Leave. Get out. Don't quite how well that works, you know, with the intimidation factor of just, you know, respect. But um, Samoa Joe does have a lot of history with some of these guys. Kind of funny to see that, you know. I thought it was funny. All right, the main event, the Tornado Tag Match with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. I like how this is set up, but I also don't like the fact that if we're saving this, are we saving these guys' health? Yes. Um, If there's a match that involves no disqualification, can we please see a little bit more? And that brings me right to the best part. Because there's like under 57 minutes left. And the following content <clears throat> contains several expletives, including more F-bombs than D-Day. It is unsuitable for a minor under the age of 18 to be listening to said content. The contrary views and viewpoints and opinions that are stated here on Off the Rails Uncensored, a coin phrase podcast has been running for five years as of March 7, 2016. Off the Rails Uncensored was a podcast that was basically, <clears throat> essentially, the right and expression that has no reflection on the following companies. TNA Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, NWA, APJW, MPJW. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, I am more than willing to accommodate you. You can call in at 213-943-3422. Again, you can call in at 213-943-3422. All right. Buckle up, you fuckers. You're about to enter into the mind of the one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? Right? All right, monkeys in the truck, can you please, 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 with a cherry on top, hit my music. Please, please, I mean, can you just hit the red button? I mean, it would just really make a lot of...
the cult of personality. All right, so what is the main focal point of discussion for tonight? It seems that NXT is starting to get better. They're not flailing in the wind by any stretch of the imagination. No sirs, no madams, no missus, no missies. From what I've observed, from what Pizza Simpson, my loyal co-host, has observed, I don't speak for him. I let him do the speaking when he's here with moi. But tonight, I would like to point out some good things, some bad things. The good things are, from NXT, is that the content that they are showing, they are showcasing, um, there are bits and pieces of it that stand out, like the whole LA Knight segment with Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes, uh, the fact that the NXT women's tag team division is growing, and not just SmackDown Live and Raw, growing as in they are growing interest from audience members who normally wouldn't tune into that stuff, but they are. Raquel Gonzalez is getting better, but still needs room for certain improvements. <clears throat> what else on the agenda? When you have specialty matches, it would be nice. If you would at least include not just steel chairs and tables, because we know that chant's going to get started again with live crowds coming back up in twenty-five, you know, for a twenty-five city tour, it screwed over a lot of my perceptions on you know what a tornado tag match really is. Because isn't that aren't the rules of a tornado tag? There are no tags. It's just a straight up brutal fucking fight. Couldn't we have added, you know, like incentive, like maybe have a, a street fight at a at Great American Bash? Maybe even a greatly themed tag match, you know. The, the winner of that match will get a number one contender spot for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm just trying to figure this out in my own head, ladies and gentlemen, because... Whenever I watched NXT in past years, compared to now, it's not the same where I would be literally glued to my TV and watching this stuff. But I gotta say, man, I really just want to point some things out as far as quality goes. Quality meaning when you had... And despite people's disdain with this individual, Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Donovan Dijakovic, when Pete Dunne wasn't, you know, well, he's still literally the same gimmick that he was a few years back. Just more intense when he's a heel. We had a women's division that was full of Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, um, Io Shirai, the genius of the sky, Asuka, <clears throat> different classmates in different eras of NXT. NXT's only been around since 2012, 2013, the original NXT 2009. 
Yes, there's a difference between all the NXT classes that I just listed. The quality, meaning like a match that was a specialty match, would actually include items that weren't nailed to the fucking floor. And I don't care for much, you know, it doesn't have to have, a match does not have to include elements like thumbtacks and barbed wire. But the Tornado Tag Match with Ciampa and Thatcher, one's a very technical fucker, the other one is a very, he's both technical and crazy, and could add a lot of flavor to the match if you just somewhat let him loose. Meaning, if I was to see this match and play it back over and over again, I don't think I'd want to watch it over and over again. If I had to report it, if I had to report on it the next day as a journalist, as a wrestling journalist, podcast, that's what we are, I would basically say it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was just in the middle. And I hate saying shit like that because I don't want to assess the wrestling match and say that it was in the middle. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, gotta give them two women props because if I'm looking back on the match before Ciampa and Thatcher's match, I have to give the women credit. They basically set out what they needed to do. They carried out. They executed quite well. There's a reason why Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez have jobs, ladies and gents. It's because they're doing their job as fucking heels. Obviously, they, you know, been, they're not clinging to anything. They're just doing the best they can to piss people off. And that's, I guess, you can classify it as doing their damn job. Or jobs, plural. <clears throat> what needs to, you know, I have in my notes here, it says, what needs to be improved upon? So let me go down my list. It's not very long. Making specialty matches worthwhile? That's not top priority. Drawing an audience in was that number one. Drawing your audience into your product. Number two... When you have a specialty match, allow the talent to give that organic feel to the match. Ciampa can do that naturally. So can Thatcher. Well, I take that back. It takes people to enhance him to make him a lot better. But anyways, number three on my list, if you will, to make NXT better, Keep drawing in the big names. Samoa Joe was a good start. And I'm happy to see him back. But, you know, don't give things a stupid stipulation. Like, well, if he if he wants to get involved in the action, you know, then we're going to... He's got to be provoked in order for him to be getting entangled with the talent. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just happy that he's back. So keep bringing in the names. Maybe every once in a while have somebody show up like a Kevin Owens. Or uh, maybe have somebody like O'Cruz. 
just have NXT alumni show up every once in a great while. Or have something on the show titled like uh, NXT Alumni Week or something to keep things spiced up so that the roster doesn't go completely boring and that people just be more disenchanted with it. Like I have said before, my partner and I have disagreed to dis you know, to a certain extent with Karrion Cross. Yes, he is the NXT champion. It seems like he's so serious all the fucking time though. You kinda have to be when you're that big and tall and you have a valet that doesn't really do anything except for she's supposedly supposed to be eye candy for the mass audiences, I guess. I would know. I would not know, I mean. And uh, <laughs> for that, that person that just asked that question, I've said it only probably four or five times on this show. I'm gay and I really am not, you know, trying to make this about me, but you asked kind of Captain Obvious, why not? She's hot, man, is exactly what she said. So to answer that question, I am not attracted physically to the female form, so we'll stop it there. But if you want to get a draw, especially for NXT, you've got to bring in more names. Like I liked it when Sasha and Bailey came down. Because they said they would defend their tag team championships on all rosters one year, right? So they actually visited NXT and they faced Shotzi Blackheart. And I don't know who Shotzi's partner was. Maybe it was Ember Moon. I'm not sure. But the point is, you want to keep things spiced up. You want to keep things interesting. Come up with ideas, but keep it simple, stupid. It's got to go back to certain things that made NXT fucking pop. It can't just crack, pop, fizzle. You know what I mean? It seems like that's what the case is in some instances for the black and gold brand. And I was, you know, I can pull this up because my plans were going to be to discuss NXT and mainly stay focused on that. But now I have enough time to go over Hell in a Cell just briefly and then I'll move it back to NXT. I promise you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, I gotta say, let's see here. That's Radio is on Instagram at Brian Rails at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. And on Facebook, it's the good old-fashioned wrestle, radio network forward slash facebook.com. Okay. So I'm going to read you the card for Hell in a Cell. All right. So this is the card as follows. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, Hell in a Cell match. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Lashley because... He's beaten him the last two times, so I'd be surprised if he didn't. So, <clears throat> Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. I'm going to go with uh, Bianca Belair. Retaining that championship. Also, 
Raw Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I'm going to – I hate saying the champions are going to retain, but, I mean, why not? Rhea's going to retain that title. I don't know how. I don't know when. Where, what, why? Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio inside a Hell in a Cell. I don't think Ray's going to come out victorious either. So, wow, man. You know, 0 for 3. Liv versus Baszler. Um, I'm going to pick Alexa Bliss. Simply because the company that, you know, hired Shane on in NXT, right, for the black and gold brand, is she not getting a favorable circumstance? I'm not sure. But, um, that's basically my take on those matches thus far. I don't. I'm not sure what I think, but I do know that those are the matches so far. Pre-matches might include uh, Cesaro versus, versus Seth Rollins, possibly. I don't know if they're gonna do that match tomorrow night on Friday night SmackDown. They took off the line portion. Oh, Seth Rollins versus the star. Never mind. That's uh, probably going to be pre-show. I'm going to... I'm going to go with Cesaro to get his comeuppance on uh, on Seth. Ask why. Because these two are going to put so many back-and-forth matches between each other. It's not even funny. And I don't... I think it's, you know, they're making it a show. They're making a great feud out of it, just with no championships involved. I don't know exactly what you want me to tell you, but here's my take on Hell in a Cell. Is it going to be lackluster? No. I'm pretty sure... It's up to you, the viewer. So, moving forward, let's go back to discussing NXT, shall we? I mean, Hell in a Cell is another discussion for another day. It's just briefly, it's a brief preview of what's going down. So, we all know that Hell in a Cell the last years have not been great. Especially the year where Seth Rollins and The Fiend faced off with one another. He said, I will touch base with that probably um, tomorrow with Pizza Simpson. We'll probably go over Hell in a Cell, SmackDown Live, a little of this, a little of that, a little slice of pizza, a little off the rails. Everyone goes home happy, right? So let's get back to NXT, shall we? Let's get back to the black and gold brand. What needs to be improved? What needs to be changed? What needs to stay the same? Basically, I've gone over what needs to be changed. So what needs to stay the same? They need to keep themselves as if they were a different, completely different brand from the main roster. So in other words, the talent that is on the black and gold brand, you work with what you have. 
from the men to the women to the cruiserweights to the Meg Carters to whatever element is has been added, I guess, as a a part of the black and gold brand. So um, <clears throat> if I'm being dead honest with you, I don't know what you would want to stay the same because there's just several things that need to change. It's not about, well, they need to quit botching or you know, they need to quit doing it. I hate that term with a passion. Um, what NXT needs to improve upon probably needs to be the focus. What needs to stay the same? Is there anything that needs to stay the same? Because I would hope and pray that the wrestling fans out there listening to me, those that have stood by and watched loyally, watched NXT, more power to you. Because I found it difficult to go back and watch after certain people had already left the black and gold brand for the main roster. I mean, it's definitely a different women's division now that Mia Yim and Asuka and several other names, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, they're not going to stay with the black and gold brand forever. I get it. What I believe the black and gold brand can do to improve upon itself is listen Suggestions, not every suggestion, but listen to certain suggestions, cherry pick them, and fucking go with it. You can't just be willy nilly and say, well, the fans said this, whatever shall we do? Some people have already made up their minds that they will never go back to watching the black and gold brand ever again. Some people have said that AEW is where it's at and that's where they're staying. Others, Oh, yeah, NWA Impact. Or, I say or, oh, yeah, New Japan. That's where my heart is. What some have said. I'm not saying people are abandoning ship right and left because they don't, they don't have the belief in where they used to in NXT first starting, you know, with guys like, Sami Zayn and Finn Balor and Seth Rollins and Ambrose and Reigns and Shield being a thing back in NXT and then coming up to Maine and being a thing. And guys and gals making names for themselves after coming from the black and gold brand. It's very difficult because I don't think certain people remember the good old days, some people do, some people don't. The good old days, when the brand had no complaints, and guys were coming out of the woodwork from the indies to showcase their talent on a level that was had never been seen before. Or showcase their talent on a level that they had never ever seen themselves before, let me rephrase that. So, how do you fix a brand of professional wrestling that's in the same company, WWE, how do you fix it? How do you make it better? 
what are you know some suggestions that you all might have for NXT? Because I'm open. I'm open ears, man. I want to hear what you all think. The black and gold brand, the number one brand again, because the demographics have improved just a slight crowd in that audience. You know, having crowd instead of a virtual audience is pretty much, you know, the best thing that could happen. You know why? It's helping things along just a little bit. It's not improving things drastically, but it's helping the talent that they have so far, uh, thus far in the black and gold brand. Why? An audience can tell you whether you suck, whether you're doing great, or whether you need to improve. Let me rephrase that. An audience fucking helps, period. Because it helps the heels realize that their heat's working or it's not working. It helps the baby face try to gain empathy from, quote-unquote, the crowd. Oh, yeah, and it also helps add emphasis to a promo when you have a full audience instead of a fucking virtual crowd with canned heat. Ooh, yay. Kim fucking here recorded chants from a long time ago from TakeOver. So, anyways, I believe that NXT can improve. I'm one of those annoying optimists that will sit there and say, If they just do this, then this will be improved upon. If they don't do this, then, I don't know, Godspeed. It's not the end of the world if they don't listen to one human being. So, black and gold brand, they're not done. There's still a whole lot of 2021 and, who knows, the Great American Bash. Could be their ticket to finally fucking ride. I don't know. I don't foresee the future. I hope that it's bright. I hope that it gets better for the black and gold brand. I mean, obviously, their company, they're part of a company that's still afloat and has been afloat for the last 50 plus years that it's been in existence. So. Yes, there's room for improvement. No, I'm not giving up on professional wrestling. Guarantee fucking tee your asses I'm not. And three, I'm not, you know, opposed to hearing suggestions as to what can improve for the black and gold brand. What can they do better? What can they keep the same? What can they, you know, change? Who do you think should be in the main event picture with the roster that they have? I want to hear it, guys. I want to read it. I want to hear it. And call into the fucking show. I'm not going to be biased, okay? I just want to listen to what you all have to say. And I just want to quickly say thank you to the audience that has stood by and listened. Uh, This is a... Uh, this is a an experiment, if you will. It's the aftermath 
of, well, prior episodes. So, tomorrow, Pizza Simpson and I will rehash NXT. Will we, go, we will go over AEW. He will have his notes for the independent scene of professional wrestling on a slice of pizza with a brand new theme and uh, something to look forward to as far as, you know, I love adding new segments to the show, as you can hear. Slice of Pizza, Off the Rails Uncensored. Please join us tomorrow at 10, 9 Central. We do have 27 minutes left, so I'm going to plug a few things. If you like to invest in yourself, there's no time limit on it, folks. Invest in yourself today, becoming a professional wrestler, referee, manager, bell key, commentator, wrestling owner, whatever you want to become in the professional wrestling business. There's one school that stands out above all the others, and that's Monster Factory located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Danny Cage is one of the best dudes you will ever meet. He's the owner, head trainer. And and if you look on the website of www.monstersfactory.org, it will tell you what tuition plans are available. Plus, there's a phone number. Do not contact the office at certain hours, okay? Do not email the office either. Text, call at certain times. They have opened their doors back open. The doors are back open for Monster Factory. For more information, visit the website at monsterfactory.org. It's a wonderful school. Been there twice. Experienced time with the students who were very helpful. There's nothing bad that I can say about There's really nothing bad I can say about Monster Factory. I mean, look who they produced. Matt Riddle, Kilo Brown, The Godfather, my... My trainer, Scott Vida, they have produced a lot of people that you are familiar with. Chris Candido, God rest his soul. The chain, you know, Balls Mahoney, God rest his soul. King Kong Bundy. A lot of talent has come through Monster Factory. The Good Brothers. Seamus. Punishment Martinez, or Damian Priest, my bad, sorry. Um, a lot of people, a lot of names. Visit Monster Factory today, tonight. Just do it. All right, so that'll do her for Wrestle Radio Network's special Thursday edition. Join me and Pizza Simpson. For tomorrow, tomorrow, we love you, tomorrow. You know, doing the thing with the thing. Ooh, yeah.